Hey guys, welcome to my series of podcast episodes about what? How? Um, My goal with these episodes is going to be to try to explain to you what a certain comprehensible input strategy is and how to implement it in your classrooms. I hope they're helpful for you. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today about the question and answer game. And this is my third attempt in recording this. So I really hope that I can get through it this time without saying something that makes no sense and me babbling on forever about nothing that matters like I am right now. So the question and answer game I learned from Tina Hargaden, and it's one of my favorite activities to do in class to get the students speaking, and they feel proud of themselves and using the language, and it builds community, and they encourage each other on, and it looks really good to admin who want to come in and be able to see the students using the language, or maybe your colleagues down the hall that aren't sure of what you're doing behind your closed door, um, or even with parents or anyone else. And it shows the students themselves that they are able to use the language to communicate meaning, even if it's not perfect. And I have found that this has really lowered my students' effective filter when it comes to speaking. It's really pushed them to say more, to try to use circumlocution, and to talk about more than the obvious. So the idea behind the question and answer game is that the students will be in pairs. And one student will be person A or person 1, and the other will be student or person B or student person two, and you, as the teacher, will ask the questions to all of person A or all of person B at once, and then when they answer, they'll talk to their partner. So I will set it up by usually having a visual aid up on the board. That might be our write and discuss. That might be a picture. That might be a series of pictures. It might be... um, a story that we've created in the past, some kind of visual aid, because this is not me assessing my students for like a summative speaking assessment. This is us spending the last, you know, five, 10 minutes of class kind of talking about and practicing using Spanish to describe the things that we discussed in class. So I want to give them that scaffolding to help their output be easier. So I will have the pictures. I have. I did just did this with my, um, the elves that my students designed over Christmas break. So I have that in the back of my mind. So that's the example I'm going to use. So I projected a picture of the elf on the screen. And then I said, okay, per- person A or partner A, you know, raise your hand. And they raise their hand. And like, this question's for you. And I asked the question. I'll ask something as simple as, is the elf tall or short? And the students are prepped and I teach them to say more than just tall or short because on the game board or on the scoreboard for the question and answer game, I will do my best to link that here um, in the in the description of this podcast episode on Anchor after it processes and uploads. But there is a scoreboard where, based on the response, the students get more points. So for one point, they understand the question, but they respond in L1. For two points, they understood the question and said the word in L2. For three points, they responded with a phrase or sentence in L2. For four points, they responded with two or more sentences in L2. For five points, they responded with three or more sentences and added in their own opinion or use their own imagination. And for six points, that's the top of the main 
question and answer game board that I use, they said three or more question or sentences, added in their own opinion, and asked their partner a question that their partner was able to answer. And so the partner who's listening, their job is to pay attention to how much the students are saying and encourage them to say more. So gesture to them with their hands, like, give me more, talk more, say more, or point to the visual aid. Or maybe if they are trying to describe the elf, like, and they haven't described their hair yet, like point to their hair or something along those lines to kind of encourage them to say more. I also will remind the partners that... They should listen to each other when they're speaking and to me asking the question, and they can reuse those words as well. So one way to play the question and answer game is to use this game board, this scoreboard that I'm talking about, and the students then will mark down the score that their partner said. So if I'm partner A, I'm talking to partner B, and if the question was, is the elf tall or short, then I'm going to answer that question talking to my partner. Now... I always tell the students, just keep talking about the elf in Spanish. If you said tall, okay, that'll get you two points. Well, if they said tall in English, that would get them one point. But if they said tall in Spanish, that would get them two points on the game board. But they could easily say the elf is tall, and that would give them three points on the game board. They could say the elf is tall, the elf is not short, and that would give them four points on the game board. They could say, for example, the elf is tall, the elf is not short, the elf is crazy. I don't know. It's a bad example. I'm coming up with this off the top of my head. I am tall. Are you tall? And if their partner answered it, that would give them six points on the game board. So I oftentimes will do some examples like that when I'm first introducing this activity to my students so they know what kinds of things they can say. And I always tell them, talk about anything that has to do with it. I don't care if you repeat things that your partner said or if you're saying things that are coming in the future, if it's like a story that we're talking about. Basically, my goal for them is to just speak in the target language without worrying about it and just trying to say as much as they can. The trick is that it has to be comprehensible. I don't expect it to be perfect, but again, their partner has to kind of understand what they're saying in order to be able to score them. So one way you can play is using that scoreboard. And then after partner A answers, I usually count down from five. They turn their voices off. I tell them to mark it on the game board. And then I say, you know, partner B, this one's for you. And then I do the same thing. So I might say, does the elf have blonde hair or brown hair? And then they will answer the question. You could have yes or no questions. If you have advanced or upper level students that are ready for it, you could give open-ended questions. But I would recommend the first time you play, making sure you're giving them questions you know they're going to have success with and feel good about answering. I have never had a student get below 11 points when they're doing this on four questions. So that means for every single question, the students have always been able to say, at least one word, if not two or three words, like a phrase or sentence in Spanish to answer these questions. And they feel good about it and they're excited about it and they push themselves, or the ones that want to, are able to push themselves to say almost a whole paragraph in Spanish and asking a question and getting an answer. And they're coming up with the question to ask, so it's really developing that kind of authentic little bit weird and awkward conversation skill that they need in order to communicate in the real world. So it's an awesome activity for that. 
And then if you don't have time to play with the actual game board, because that does take quite a bit of setup, it takes a good amount of time, I would say it probably, to get four questions for each partner in, you're probably looking at about 15 minutes of time or so. Um, if you have less than that, you can play the, sh- the quick version of the game where instead of using the rubric, they just tally on a piece of paper or they can count on their hands how many words their partner says in Spanish. And I've had students that we've played this and had like three, maybe three questions each, and they have were able to say like 60 words in Spanish. And it's just crazy. And they're blown away and we celebrate it. And we clap for the class. And, um, you know, and I set the bar. Not kind of, Well, I do set the bar low. I don't have low expectations for them. I don't want you to misinterpret that. But I set the bar for success because this is a student application strategy um, that could lead to an assessment, but this is not a, f- a summative assessment of their speaking abilities. So I don't really care if they could only say two words to answer each question, but I want to celebrate their success even if they are only saying two words. So I might say, raise your hand if your partner had at least 10 words in you know the five questions or at least six words, you know, and they all raise their hands. I'm like, woohoo, let's p- applaud for the class. You know, we just cheer each other on and I reward them for speaking Spanish because I want them to know that it doesn't have to be perfect as long as they're trying and they're communicating a message, they're good to go and they'll find success. And so it the accuracy and the the ability to use verbs and you know adjective noun agreements and all of that will come with time, but right now I just want them to feel comfortable speaking and not worrying about that. Not digging through a filing cabinet in their brain trying to pick the correct form of the verb. Do they say yo tiene a lot? Yes, they do, but we all understand what they mean. And with more practice and more input, that will improve with time. So you can play with the game board. You can count the words on their fingers. Um, And then how do I know that they're speaking Spanish? Because I watch them. I have a lot of teachers say, well, if I'm doing this, how do I know that there aren't partnerships in the back of the room where they're just speaking English? You can tell, you guys, if you stand in a classroom, now I have about 25 students per class. I could see where if you have more than 30 students, this would start to get hard. And if that were the case, I would probably have half of the class do an independent activity, whether it's Senor Woolly Nuggets, whether it's um, translating a story into English, whether it's drawing a storyboard of the of the story that they're reading. I would have half the class do that, and then the other half of the class, I would have to do the question and answer game, and then flip-flop after 10 minutes. So yeah, that's going to take you longer. But if you're really worried about making sure they're all on task and speaking in Spanish, that's what I would do if I had a large class. Now, with 25 students or less, I am able to see from the front of the room which groups are focused, which groups are on task, which groups are pointing at the visual aids, which groups are encouraging their partners, and which ones are laughing and giggling. I can clearly tell the ones who are off task. Now, the sneakier ones, I might not be able to catch. But really, I want to encourage those students who want to be challenged, and I'm not too worried about that when this is the last five or ten minutes of class. I also will pair them up intentionally. I have assigned seats in my classes, and I will pair them up with the person sitting next to them. So I do not let them pick their partners for these activities. Number one, it takes a lot of time for them to get up, move around, find a partner, sit down, settle in, and get started. I don't have time for that. And number two, they're less likely to goof off 
with someone they're not best friends with. And oftentimes, if they're sitting next to the person that they're best friends with, chances are they usually can handle that anyway, because otherwise I probably would have gotten sick of the, the talking anyhow and moved their seats. So that's what I do. I watch them. I ask the question. I watch them. I kind of drift around the room. I don't make a circle because a lot of times I only give them about 30 seconds to give these answers. Um, and then I will count down. So I don't have time to get super far away from the front of the room or the visual aid that I'm pointing at as I ask the questions. But I do kind of move from hat side of the room to side of the room, making eye contact. Sometimes I'll comment on what the students are saying or I'll laugh along with them or whatever. So they know that I'm listening and I'm paying attention and I'm not too worried about it. So the question and answer game, you should definitely try it. And if it's the first time you're doing it, you should absolutely walk through examples with the class. I would even bring up a confident student, a volunteer, of course, um, to the front of the room and do an example one where I'm talking and where they're talking, um, where you could do an example question and things like that. But if you are feeling pressure to show output to whether it's admin or other teachers or um, maybe yourself, you just want to see what your kids can do. I highly recommend you try this activity. The first time I did it last year with my seventh, or they're now seventh graders, with my sixth grade students, I almost cried from joy for how much Spanish they were able to speak. It was a very familiar story, especially with novice level or low inter intermediate low students. You need to pick something they're familiar with the first time you do this. So maybe it's a story they've heard a thousand times. Maybe it's about a Senor Wooly video and you ask questions using some of the same language in the song. Pick something they're very familiar with the first time you do this to build that confidence. And I actually end up using this same activity when I'm doing my speaking assessments. Not very heavily weighted grades, um, but I also... Then the students have seen it before, they know how to do it, they feel confident, they're not stressed about it, and they find success in all of their modes of communication, even the one that always made me the most nervous personally when I was learning how to speak Spanish. So I hope you give it a try. Let me know how it goes. If you need any help or have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to get a message to me. And I hope it's a great tool for you to use in your classroom and that you find a lot of success with it. And so do your students. And they find a love for speaking without worrying about whether or not what they're saying is perfect because they can communicate a message. And that really is the goal after all.